You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. Presented by Roofmax, Wagner Sprayers, and the Angie App. Now here are Tom and Leslie. Coast to coast and floorboards to shingles, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And we are here to help you with projects that you want to get done around your house. You got a question about a home improvement? You got a decor dilemma? Are you ready to get outside and maybe structure some shade for yourself because it's been so darn hot? Hey, whatever is on your to-do list, we would love to help you with some guidance, some tips, some advice, some therapy to make sure you can get it done right the first time out. But you have to help yourself first by reaching out to us. And there are a couple of ways to do just that. You can go to moneypit.com slash ask and click the blue microphone button, record your question, and send it to us. That's the quickest way to get a response. Or you can go to one eight 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 Money Pit and leave us your question there. Coming up on today's show, in the summer, saving water becomes more and more important. But rather than pestering your kids and your family to use less water, we're going to share some solid tips on new fixtures and faucets that can actually do the water saving for you. All right. And if you've worked hard to create that perfect garden, you don't want trampling feet damaging your handiwork. We're going to share tips on how to create a gravel path to steer all of that foot traffic away and keep your garden growing. And are you guys ready to take on a big painting project, like maybe painting the entire outside of your house? Well, as challenging as that may sound, it's actually doable. We're going to share tips on tools that make the job a lot easier. But first, what's your home reno plan for the year ahead? Maybe you have a project in mind. Maybe you have two. Maybe it's a big one. Maybe it's a small one. Or perhaps you've got a couple of things that you just need to take care of, but you don't know where to start. Well, let us help you create your best home ever. Give us a call right now at 1-888-MONEYPIT. And again, the fastest way to get a response is to go to moneypit.com slash ask and click the blue microphone button. Let's get to it. Leslie, who's first? All right, heading down to Georgia where we've got Keith on the line, and he's got some bats. What's happening? Uh, got some bats in the attic, uh, some bat droppings all across the insulation and stuff, and I was just curious uh, what y'all would recommend on handling that issue. Do you have an idea where they're getting in, Keith? Uh, the only thing I can think of is maybe there's a like a small gap somewhere in the, like maybe one of the ventilation areas on the, the mm-hmm. roof. Yeah. So one of the ways to uh, to have them exit safely is typically they're going to head for light, and they're going to try to find their way out. So what you can do is go to your gable vent. That's the big vent that's at the end of the of the roof of the attic space. Yep. And check the screening there. Now, what you're going to want to do is create a bat door. And the way you do that is if you have screening over the outside, but then you have like sort of a flap of screening that once they get to it will sort of allow them to crawl out, but then lays back down so they can't get back in. So if you could create like a flap like that on the screen where the flap, overlaps the place that's open for them to get out. 
that will make a big difference. So you could put a small hole in the main screen and then put a flap over it so they go through the hole, they crawl out through that screen, but now they can't get back in. So that's one way to do it because I'll tell you, it's really important to evict them because all those bat droppings, that can contain a lot of bacteria that can make you sick. So you really don't want to let that build up. You want to show them the door as quickly as possible. And the other thing to do is step back away from that house and take a good look with maybe a set of binoculars or a camera with a zoom lens and look for any other areas that could be an opening to the attic. And you can also do this by going up in the attic in the daylight and looking for that sun comes through. But any space that's open needs to be sealed up except the place where you want them to leave. Okay, great. Thank you. So I'm basically going to make a... uh a bat doggy door one way. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> exactly. Yep. A little tiny bat doggy door. Show them the door that way. All right. <laughs> okay. Good luck, Keith. We've got Rochelle in Delaware on the line who's dealing with a foundation issue. What's going on? How can we help? I have a two-bedroom ranch, which is on a concrete slab. The foundation has a crack in it, and my kitchen floor is starting to dip. What can I do to resolve this issue? Wow, that sounds like a potentially serious problem, Rochelle. My first question is whether or not this is an active crack. I mean, all foundations have cracks, but is there is there clear evidence this is active and ongoing? And that might take somebody with some professional skills to determine. You may, if you suspect that's the case, you may want to hire either a structural engineer or a professional home inspector to take a look at that. Do not hire a contractor to take a look at that because they're going to have a big conflict of interest and determine it whether it's ongoing and active. And if that's the case, then you absolutely would need a structural engineer to determine what the extent of the problem is and how to repair it. I don't know how old your house is, but in Delaware, builders are required to place a 10-year structural warranty on homes. So if that's the case, and you definitely need to put give notice to the warranty company as well as the builder, not just the builder, but both the warranty company and the builder so that there's a record of you making this claim inside that 10-year window. So I hope that that gives you some direction, but determine if it's active first, get some professional help, and if it's covered by a builder's warranty, make sure that you give them notice. Hey, Money Pit Podcast fans, you want to help us out? Well, go ahead and leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, and we're going to give you a virtual high five. Plus, you'll be helping us spread the word about our show. Just go to moneypit.com slash review. Did you know that Americans take 20,000 breaths a day and spend an average of 90% of their time indoors? That's right. And according to the EPA, the level of indoor air pollutants can be two to five times higher than outdoor air and occasionally more than 100 times higher. Plus, every spring, we get sucked with allergens, too. Well, Air Doctor is an air purifier that filters out dangerous contaminants like pollen, pet dander, dust mites, and mold. Their Ultra HEPA filter has been independently tested to remove 99.99% of tested allergens, including bacteria and viruses. That's impressive. Now, Air Doctor also comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus the shipping. And they're offering a special discount to Money Pit listeners. Just head to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT, and you'll receive up to $300 off air purifiers. Exclusive to podcast customers, you'll also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. Lock this special offer in right now by going to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT. That's airdoctorpro.com, promo code MONEYPIT. All right, now we're going to chat with Teresa, who's got an idea for a different kind of floor coating. How can I help you? I'm interested in the hardwood wax 
oil finishing. I was going to get my hardwood floors redone. Just wanting to know what your thoughts are. I have a man and three dogs and was wondering, is this stuff durable? Because I can't find anybody in this area to do it, but they say I can do it myself. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, Teresa, uh, yeah, I know what kind of floor finishing you're talking about, and it's not going to stand up to a man and three dogs or just about any other kind of normal wear and tear. You're referring to a type of finishing that we call French polish, and what it consists of is is paste wax and boiled linseed oil. Uh, basically, use boiled linseed oil, not regular, because the regular uh, will not dry, but use boiled linseed oil, and it's applied with a paste wax finish, and it's buffed in place. And it's a beautiful, soft, warm finish, but it is not a durable finish. It is not going to be like a varnish or like a polyurethane. Uh, it is really for a home that's going to get very, very light duty. And, you know, yeah, I mean, you could do it yourself, but you're going to need, you know, some pretty big equipment, like a floor buffer at least, because trying to buff this in by hand uh, would completely wear you out. At least it would me. Um, so it's a beautiful finish, but I just don't think it's a good choice for the situation when you have pets, when you have uh, people in the house that are going to be, you know, giving it a lot of wear and tear, you know, dragging in the sand from the outside, the dirt, the mud, whatever. It's just not a good choice. So what I would do is I would lightly sand the floor, assuming it's not in bad condition. I would lightly sand it. Uh, there's a machine, a couple of different machines that are like pad sanders that don't take off a lot of wood, but they take off the finish and get it ready for a new coat. And then I would use probably at least two coats of a satin polyurethane, an oil-based polyurethane. And those are really pretty easy to apply. You use a lamb's wool applicator for that, which is kind of like a mop. And you basically spread it out and let it dry. And whatever the can says, double it for drying time. And I think you'll find it's going to be a much more durable finish. And if you choose satin, it's still going to be a soft glow. But at this time, it will really stand up. Pearl's on the line with some issues with vinyl siding. What's going on over there? My question is regarding vinyl siding. It's already colored. And just issues with it, with it buckling or the bending or whatever you want to call it. And causes and what to do about it. Well, Earl, I'm sorry to hear that you're seeing that you're siding, and unfortunately it means that the siding was installed too tight. When you put vinyl siding on, the back of the vinyl panels, uh, they don't have holes for nails. They have slots for nails. And you're supposed to put the nail in the middle of the slot, and you're supposed to not drive it tight to the building. You're supposed to let that siding breathe or move a little bit because vinyl has a very high expansion ratio. So when the sun hits it, especially the sides of your house that are on the south side and the west side, when the sun hits that, if the siding is on too tight, it's going to buckle and get real wavy and ugly looking. There is no easy fix for this short of taking the siding off and then reinstalling it with proper um, looseness to each piece. Can you reuse that same piece, or is it already warped and that's garbage? No, it, no, it, no. you can. It will straighten out again. Um, in fact, it probably wants to straighten out, but it can't because it's sort of stuck in place, right? It's too tight, yeah. I think you can use it again. Uh, if all the pieces are the same length, you don't have to uh, number them, but if they weren't, I would just put tape on and number each piece. Um, but when you put it back on, it's got to be loose. What I used to do, Leslie, when I was home inspecting, is I would grab a piece of the siding with my hand and try to slide it back and forth. And if it's put on right, I could move it about a half inch. In fact, it almost would feel loose where you could switch it, switch it back and forth. But if it's too tight like that, man, I'll tell you what, that really looks like heck when the heat hits it and it gets really warpy and you can spot it a mile away. But that's the only solution. Take it off and reinstall it properly. Well, in the summer, saving water is more and more important. But rather than rely on your kids and family to just use less water, updating your plumbing fixtures can actually do that water saving for you. And it's a pretty simple pro plumbing project. 
That's right. We've got a few tips on how you can find faucets and toilets and showers and sprinklers that can do the job without wasting water in today's home solution tip presented by Angie. So first, let's talk about toilets. You know, they can last for decades, making them actually one of the most durable plumbing fixtures in the house. But while they don't really wear out, old toilets can waste plenty of water with every flush. Instead, switch to WaterSense certified toilets. Now, WaterSense, this is a program that's run by the EPA. So just like the Energy Star program helps consumers find products that save energy, WaterSense is designed to help consumers identify products that will save water. So to qualify, a product's got to be certified to use at least 20% less water, save energy, and perform as well as or better than the regular models. Now, besides toilets, if you were to also replace your bathroom faucet and showerhead, the EPA says you could save 26,000 gallons of water a year, create 380 fewer pounds of greenhouse gas emissions, and reduce your utility bills by 250 bucks. That's pretty great. And speaking of your utility bills, if you use less water, you also use less natural gas or electricity to heat that water. So it's all going to add up. Plus, besides bathrooms or kitchens, water sense fixtures are also available for outdoors where your lawn sprinklers, your rain controllers, and all those other irrigation products can be updated to help you avoid wasting water, but getting to still enjoy that beautiful landscaping. And that's today's Home Solution Tip presented by Angie. Angie makes it easy to compare quotes from multiple local pros so you can find the best price for your project. Download the Angie app today. We're going to help Darlene in Texas out with a patio situation. What's going on? We just bought a house, and in our backyard, they laid down quite a lot of flagstone to, I guess, be a patio. The problem that we have now that we bought it is that there's nothing in between the stones. So, obviously, they're pretty much flat, I guess, or even, but there's a couple of them that just kind of stick up, and I know there's some kind of sand that you can brush on it or put in the cracks, but I just want to make sure it's done right this time, because there's like nothing in between the cracks. It's just, I mean, there's sunken gravel that... It's quite a ways down, like an inch. I mean, it seems to me, Tom, like the the surface underneath those pavers was not properly tamped or leveled, and so you're getting some movement there because she does mention that there's some unevenness, um, and I think that should be corrected first, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, no matter what you do on top of this, the fact that they're wavy and sticking up and just not settled in there well means that the base has moved. So I think you're going to have to decide whether or not you just want to want to repair the areas or reset those that are kind of out of level and deal with this, uh, or you want to take it all up and do a proper, properly tamped base here and then relay it down. In terms of the space between the patio, between the, between the pavers, I imagine these are fairly wide gaps, usually with flagstone. They're like a half inch or three quarters of an inch or an inch or even more. And the problem is that if you put mortar in between that, it's just going to crack it to a bunch of little pieces. I think what I would use is use crushed gravel because crushed gravel – you can sprinkle it in between those pieces. It'll kind of pack down uh, and do a pretty good job of filling in that surface. And if it starts to wear away, you just put more in place. If it starts to get weeds that come up through it, you're going to have to treat it with a product like Roundup, which will kill the weed at the root. But that's another sign that the base wasn't solid enough. So wouldn't panic over it. It's just going to be more of a maintenance headache than most patios uh, would be. But that's how I think we should address it. Heading to upstate New York, where we've got Anthony on the line, who's dealing with a chimney that's losing its stucco. What's going on? The house is 80 years old, and about 20 years old, I had stucco put on it because uh, some of the bricks were loose and few were broken. And uh, after now, it's uh, starting to deteriorate. Some of the some of the stucco is taken off, 
and some moisture has got under got under a lot of the other stucco, and I would say about seventy percent of it is loose. And uh, I'm just wondering what would be the best way to repair it. Well, it sounds like it gave you quite a few years of service there, uh, Anthony. So yeah. what you're going to have to do now is to remove as much of this loose stucco as possible. The good news is that in that 20-year term, uh, the products have gotten a lot better at adhering to masonry surfaces. For example, you'll find if you look at the products made by QuickCrete, Q-U-I-K-R-E-T-E, they have a wide variety of products that are designed to adhere to old concrete or brick surfaces, uh, and the secret is really in that adhesion. Now, I just use, for example, a product they have that's called Recap, and it's designed for slabs. I'm not sure it's designed for chimneys, but they have other products. What's, what's the name of that again? Recap, R-E-C-A-P. I'm not so sure if it's designed to work on walls, but I know it works on sidewalks. But they have another patching compound that's designed specifically for, like, cracked steps and stoops, and that certainly would work on a chimney. And mm-hmm. they adhere very, very well, and that's the key. They, they, they bind with the masonry surface underneath, and that's what gives you the longevity. Because, of course, what happens is uh, any masonry product is going to get wet in the, in the winter and, and in the rain, and it's going to freeze. And as it does so, it starts to push itself off. And that's why it gets loose after all those years, just the expansion and contraction of the freeze-thaw cycle. So uh, I think if you pick up the right product, you should be able to repair that again and get a good number of years out of it. Should I take all the stucco off? Or? Abs- well, not all of it, but anything that's loose. If it's uh-huh. still... You know, if it's still uh, tightly bound, you don't have to take that off. But if it's loose, you yeah. absolutely have to take it off because you can't put, you know, you can't put good patching compound over bad stucco. Okay. All right. Okay. Thank you very much. Hey, you're welcome. Good luck with that project. Everyone should know that drinking water is important to staying hydrated and healthy. Having safe, clean water is the last thing you want to worry about, but unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants right in its tap water. That's why we are thrilled to be working with AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers use a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process, and their countertop purifiers work with no installation or plumbing. It removes 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and is specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAs in your water supply. And they have water purifiers to fit every type of home, from installation-free countertop purifiers to higher-capacity under-sink options. They even have a Wi-Fi-connected purifier and mineral boost options. And its proprietary purification technology is independently tested by IATMO to NSF and ANSI standards to remove over 80 of the most harmful contaminants, including chlorine, fluoride, arsenic, PFAs known as forever chemicals, nitrate, and many more. I can truly taste the difference when I compare it with my old water filter. AquaTrue saves you money also. Just one set of filters from their classic purifier makes the equivalent of 4,500 bottles of water. That's less than three cents a bottle. Plus, you'll save the environment from tons of plastic waste. AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee and even makes a great gift. And today, Money Pit listeners can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier. Just go to aquatrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter code MONEYPIT at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue water purifier when you go to aquatrue.com and use promo code M-O-N-E-Y-P-I-T. Money Pit. 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Now we've got Frankie on the line with a countertop question. What's going on, Frankie? I have in my kitchen is a countertop that I think is linoleum. I'm not sure what it is, but it's gray in color, and I would love to either change it out or do something different. Somebody told me I could apply another round of paint, and that way it would look better than it does. Hey, Frankie, you know, actually, there are a number of ways for for you to do this project. Uh, first of all, you mentioned that the countertop might be linoleum. I, I doubt that. It would be a, certainly an odd choice. Linoleum is an old flooring product. It's more likely to be some sort of laminate. And if that's the case, a company called Dice Coatings, D-A-I-C-H, Coatings, their website is dicecoatings.com. They have two different products that are designed as countertop finishing kits, and they're awesome One's called Spreadstone and one's called Lux Rock. And I'm actually doing a project myself right now with the Lux Rock products. Now, these are coatings that have a lot of stone in them. The Spreadstone looks kind of like a um, more of a solid, even stone feel to it. The Lux Rock looks just like solid granite, except that they're super easy to clean. So uh, it's a project you can do yourself. It takes about three days or so, depending on the product. Essentially, you clean the top and you get to work. Everything you need is in the kit. So check out the Spreadstone countertop finishing kit and the Luxrock solid surface granite countertop kit, both available at DaishCoatings.com, D-A-I-C-H Coatings.com. I think that's a great way to restore your countertop without spending a whole lot of money. All right. Well, not all projects go exactly as you have planned. We're going to chat with Orly here from Wisconsin, who's dealing with a masonry project that's just gone awry. What's going on? I was doing a Google dive here about contractor stuff and came across your page or site. And um, I'm dealing with a situation right now with a brick mason who um, has been pretty straight up incompetent and doing a really crummy job and has absconded with $6,000 of mine and kind of left me hanging with an unfinished project that hasn't been done right. (laughs) Oh, Orly, that is awful. I I hate hearing these stories, Leslie, where folks get taken advantage of by contractors who start the project and then just disappear. You know, I'm thinking that this is not just a matter of of a contract issue. This could be theft. Right. I mean, you you pay a contractor to do a job and the contractor doesn't show up. And I don't know the details about how far this got, but if he didn't show up or if he did a little bit and left, I mean, that's theft. That's fraud. And my first stop might be my local police department, because I have found over the years that when contractors pull this garbage, they are very happy to kind of jerk you around in small claims court and all that kind of stuff. But when they think that there's a risk of a criminal prosecution, that changes their tune really, really quickly. So I would look into potentially pressing charges against the contractor. You're going to have to talk with the local police department about this uh, and see if they will do this, and if not, why not? But other than that, your only option here is really just to take the guy to court, and that's very difficult to do because sometimes these guys you know, don't really own anything and there's no motivation for them to show up or not show up. I would also wonder whether or not there were 
contractor license laws in your area that perhaps will give you some uh, level of protection. I don't have a magic solution for you to get your 6000 bucks back. Uh, and, you know, even if this guy said, oh, yeah, I'll come back tomorrow, and I'm not sure that he would want him to come back. So I think this is going to be chalked up to a life experience. And, and just in the future, for those that are ever dealing with situations like this or thinking about hiring contractors, you it's really critical that you only pay them for the amount of work that they do. You have to keep a balance between the money. Or in phases. Well, definitely in phases, but only for a reasonable percentage of the job based on certain things that are completed. What's been completed or materials purchased for the next phase or something like that. Yeah, exactly. Or you you buy the materials yourself because once these guys get the money, you know, they're just trying to juggle a bunch of jobs and maybe they just don't want to go back and they figure they can get away with it. And people do let them get away with it. And I don't want you to do that. So I want you to look into potentially pressing criminal charges against this guy. And good luck with the situation. I'm really sorry this has happened to you. I appreciate that uh, you found us online with some of the posts that we have about this topic. But, uh, you know, once you get deeper into it, if you learn anything new, please reach out and we'd be happy to help you some more. Well, if you've worked hard to create that perfect garden, you don't want trampling feet damaging your handiwork. A gravel path can steer foot traffic away and keep your garden growing. Yeah, and I definitely think this is a DIY project. I mean, since they don't really need to be set too deep, gravel paths are relatively easy to construct. So here's why. You know, the tiny gravel stones can move around very easily, so you don't really have to worry about digging in a lot of soil to kind of get below the frost line like you would if you were building a patio or a stone wall or something like that. And since you don't have to worry about cutting and fitting large stones, a gravel path can really be as curvy and natural and organic as your imagination allows. Yeah, you want to start off by marking out the shape of your path with rope, or you can even use spray paint. Now, gravel paths are generally three to four feet wide, but you can set the edges of the path kind of however you want. So next, you start digging out the path's shape, remove about four inches of soil from the area within those lines, and then you want to make the bottom of that trench as smooth as possible and tamp down all of that remaining soil with a hand tamper. It's a lot of handwork. It yeah, is. but it's a fun project. Now, once that ground is tamped solid, you want to add about two and a half inches of crushed stone and then rake it out to level it and then tamp it again. And next, and this is a really important step, you want to lay down some landscaping fabric over that crushed stone. That's going to stop weeds from growing up into the path, and you're going to want to add edging to keep that gravel contained. Now, when you install the edging, you have some options. You can use galvanized steel edging, pressure-treated wood, cedar, bricks, cobblestones, and more. Really, whatever you like for your look is going to work fine. And then you're ready for that next step, which is always what people think the first step is when they do this. That's adding the gravel. But as you can see, there's a lot to be done beforehand. So add the gravel (laughs) and fill the path up until it's about a half inch below the top of the edging and then rake it out evenly and you are done. Now, you might want to wait a couple of weeks, maybe a month, and see if you get some settlement in that gravel. You will, and then you can just top it off. And then after that, it really shouldn't move very much. All right, we're heading to Georgia where carpenter bees are destroying the day-to-day life of Kevin. Boy, are they annoying. What's going on? Well, about 10 years ago, we built a, we had a uh, screened-in porch built. About two years prior to that, we had a privacy fence put up around the backyard. And we have more wood bees, carpenter bees, than I've ever seen in my life. I have 25 traps set up. Every time I turn around, I'm, I'm finding more wood bees. I use the wood bee spray. Um, I, I fill, fill in the holes uh, with wood putty. And the next year or later on in the year, 
You know, they've just come out in another another area. If you have a trick I haven't thought of, I would sure appreciate it. Well, it sounds like those carpenter bees are sort of wearing a wrecking belt here for this trip around your house, Kevin. I'm sorry to hear that. So a couple of things come to mind. First of all, if you have that severe a problem, trying to chase this yourself, especially with over-the-counter, so to speak, pesticides, is going to be an exercise in frustration when it sounds like you're kind of already there. I would definitely hire a pest control professional to treat these carpenter bees. They have access to different pesticides that you don't have access to. They know where to put it, how much to put there, and they also can use pesticides that can stay around stay around a little while longer than the stuff you can buy and therefore give you some long-term uh, protection. You are doing the right thing by filling the holes. What I also do on properties that I have where I've got pests, where I've got carpenter bees that attack like the fascia or the soffit material, that's soft wood, is I replace it with AZEK, A-Z-E-K, which basically looks like wood, but it's made of PVC, so they oh, can't they, eat it. They can't eat it. They're going to try, but then they're going to realize to go somewhere yeah, else. They'll be like saying, hey, looks like wood doesn't taste like wood. <laughs> so they do try to eat it. I mean, we had the last remaining lumber in the yard was the playset, And the carpenter bees, I don't know how many tunnels and pathways they've made in there. And the kids were terrified to like run past it. And I got rid of that. And for about a week, the bees were like, whoa, wait, wait what happened? And now, and now they are gone. It's amazing because everything else is Azac. They found something else to eat at somebody else's house, so they left. Thank them. goodness. Yeah, so um, it's a matter of both: We're using the right kind of pesticides to treat it, and then also trying to eliminate as much of that wood as possible. So, good luck with that project. Well, are you ready to take on a big painting project, like maybe painting the entire exterior of your house? Well, as challenging as that may sound, it's actually totally doable with the new Wagner Titan Control Max 1700 High Efficiency Airless Paint Sprayer. Yeah, you know, the Titan Control Max 1700 paint sprayers have a high efficiency airless technology that produces up to 55% less overspray compared with traditional airless sprayers. And the output is actually sort of a softer spray with improved control. So you're going to get a high-quality finish in my favorite part is it goes on three times faster than a roller and helps you get those big jobs done quickly. Yeah, I love that part. You know, and speaking of the big projects, if you want to take on a big project like painting your house this summer, Wagner's got step-by-step detailed posts and videos on their website, and they're going to walk you through from prep to painting. Now, whether your project is to paint a deck, a fence, or the entire house, Wagner's airless paint sprayers make big jobs so much easier. The Titan Control Max 1700 can pull paint directly from the five-gallon bucket, you guys, which means you won't need to change out paint cans frequently, and that's going to save you even more time on the job. Wagner Titan Control Max 1700 paint sprayers make it easy to paint like a pro. The Wagner is available in both in-store and online at Lowe's Home Improvement. You can see the complete line of Wagner products at wagnerspraytech.com. All right, we're going to help Holly in Kansas out. Seems like there's a very noisy washing machine involved. What's going on? I replaced my old washing machine with a fancy new Whirlpool. And now whenever I do a load of wash, there's a banging noise that I did not have before. And I don't know what's going on. We thought maybe some pipes were banging, so we put up some padding and it was still banging so it kind of sounds like a big um thud bang type like something shutting off 
with uh, great force when I'm doing laundry. So I have no idea what to do about that and why it's doing it. It never did that before until I got my fancy nice washing machine. I'm going to be willing to, to guess here that this is a high-speed washing machine, a high-efficiency washing machine, which which basically spins at much higher speed. So I'm going to give you a couple of things to, to try here. Uh, first of all, if the machine is not perfectly level, it's going to be noisy and it's not uncommon for folks to complain about vibration sounds associated with this. Now, that is not what you're describing, but I'm going to cover it anyway, just in case, because there's a simple uh, solution here. And that is, number one, level the machine. And number two, you can pick up these anti-vibration blocks. They're specifically designed for washing machines. And they're usually about an inch thick, and they're like a stiff rubber. And you can think of them as shock absorbers for the washing machine, they go under the four corners and they really do a good job stabilizing this. Now, I think most likely by your description that what we're talking about here is something we call water hammer. And that's because the machine is different than what you had before. It's opening and closing these valves very quickly. And as the water is filling towards the machine, heading towards the machine, the valve closes, uh, the force, the inertia of the water in the pipe keeps pushing the pipe forward and then results in a very loud banging sound. And if you have copper pipes, well, it tends to echo, making it sound even worse. Generally speaking, it doesn't damage anything, but there is a plumbing device called a water hammer arrestor, which is like a shock absorber for your plumbing system that will dampen that and stop that from happening. So based on your description, it's probably one of those two things. It's either the machine is maybe at a level uh, and or needs vibration damper blocks underneath the feet, or you simply have a water hammer issue, which is uh, not difficult to fix, but we will have to hire a plumber to take care of it. Marietta reached out with a question about a driveway. She says her driveway is full of ruts and holes, and she wants to know if resurfacing is an option. So, Leslie, I think when you have a driveway, you have to evaluate sort of its structural condition, so to speak, and if the driveway is sagging, or, you know, if you have ruts and holes, as Marietta says, that means that maybe some water got in there and washed out some of the soil below. I mean, at that point, it sounds to me like the driveway base was just not that sturdy. And so if you were to put more asphalt on top of what's already a weak base, it's not going to work because the asphalt's not what really gives the driveway its strength. If you've ever watched a road being constructed, you know they dump down a lot of stone first and then they roll those heavy machines over the snow and they make it really, really strong. And the last thing that gets added is the asphalt. And that's designed to be the surface. It's like the skin, but it's not the structure. So in this case, I'm thinking that she has to really tear that out. I mean, it's probably at that point. And, you know, it's funny. It's like the process between all of these masons or whoever you want to call it for the driveway work is so different. Do you remember when we did our driveway, they dug it all out, tamped it all down, and then said we had to drive on it with nothing on it for four weeks before they'd put the asphalt down. So it's like there's such different processes to the whole project, but you do want to make sure that the base is set up correctly so that you don't end up in a situation like this again, you know, closer down the road than you want it to be. Yeah, and I'm presuming she's talking about an asphalt driveway here, but if it's a concrete driveway, well, again, we've got to evaluate what's the condition of the remaining driveway. I mean, if it happens to be a three-inch thick reinforced driveway and there's just some areas that drop, well, that may be patchable. But for asphalt, definitely it's a remove and replace. All right. Hope that helps you out, Marietta. Good luck with the new driveway. Now, Nicole writes in saying, what's the rule of thumb for painting over water stains? 
The leak was fixed, but now I'm staring up at a big stain on my ceiling. So the rule of thumb is, yes, fix leaks first, of course, which you've done. But really what you have to do is when you have a leak stain, if you just paint over it with just typical or traditional wall paint, those leak stains will come right through that paint. So what you have to do is sort of seal it in first, and you do that with a primer. Now, you would need to, that's called spot priming. If you're just going to do that, that area itself where the leak is, you just prime that, and then you repaint over it. Now, that said, remember that the whiteness of that ceiling paint or the light colors or whatever color it is is going to be slightly different over the newly primed spot. So you might want to spot prime that and then just repaint that whole section of the ceiling to make sure it all looks nice and even. But if you were to just paint over it, all of those water stains, all of the mineral that's in that water uh, that comes out of the system – that can just come right through the paint. You can paint it over and over again, and it's, it's still, still going to come, come back. It does. So definitely have to prime it first. But once you do, you'll be done, and it'll be good to go. Yeah, Nicole, if you do it right, you're only going to do it once as opposed to over and over again, which <laughs> yeah, definitely point. will happen. <laughs> <laughs> this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. Hey, guys, we are just about out of time, but we hope that we've given you a tip or two on today's edition to help you take on the projects you want to get done around your house. Now, if you're thinking, hey, I got a question, well, that's great. If you didn't get through today, you can always go to moneypit.com slash ask and click the blue microphone button and then record your question and we will get back to you as soon as possible and certainly quicker uh, than it takes for us to actually go through all the calls to 888 Pit. We do our best, but we're trying to improve that. And that's what we do with moneypit.com slash ask. Remember, just click that blue microphone button. Until next time, I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone. You live in a body pit. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.